It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Down one nothing. here come the Sharks, set to the middle, here's Sturm across the line. Issues to the right to Hoffman, back to the point, shot by Emerson, blocked, headman feed, Jonathan Huberdeau's got a breakaway. He's into the Sharks zone, he digs, and he's stopped by Blackwood. An incredible save by McKenzie Blackwood with 14.44 to go in the first against a man who is used to putting it in the net. Bailey makes a good play off of Sharon Govich, fed it ahead to Zadina on the left, and Sturm shoots off of Zadina, he scores! <laughs> Philip Zadine is going to get credit for the goal, and the Sharks are up 4-2. Here comes Cunnan, breakaway into the zone, shoot, score! A turnover by Calgary. Luke Cunnan had a free lane from the right wing boards all the way into the circle, and he snaps it home for his second goal of the game, and the Sharks are up 6-2. to two. Well, I'm just proud of our guys that we got better and better on this trip. You know, we, you come back, you miss two weeks, you practice for three days, and you know, just uh, I thought we did a really good job and got better as each period went on here. All right, what's happening, everybody? The San Jose Sharks are back at it tonight, taking on Columbus back at SAP Center for the first time. Well, in quite some time, as with the break, the San Jose Sharks have not been home uh, since, I want to say, that Seattle game and that was back on the 30th of January then the next night they were out on the road and they lost in overtime to the Ducks then you didn't have any games until the 14th which they lost at Winnipeg bounced back the next night with a 6-3 win over Calgary and now they've got five at home to finish off the month tonight it is going to be the Blue Jackets then on Monday afternoon the Vegas Golden Knights then on Saturday hosting Nashville then they will welcome New Jersey and then the Ducks before the month comes to an end. And that takes us into an almost breakneck pace uh, for the month of March. You've got a Saturday game at Dallas on the 2nd. You have got a Sunday game at Minnesota on the 3rd. Then you are home for three on a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday with Dallas, the Islanders, and then Ottawa. Then you're back out on the road for five. You're going to be at Philadelphia at Pittsburgh, at Columbus, at Chicago, at Nashville, before you're back home on the 21st of March, hosting the Lightning, then Chicago, then Dallas, then at Minnesota, and then at St. Louis to end the month, which takes us into April, hosting Seattle, hosting LA, hosting the Blues, hosting Arizona, hosting the Flames, at Seattle, then home against Minnesota, at Edmonton, and then at Calgary to end the season, which I know that that sounds like a long way off, guys, but the rate at which the games are going to be coming from now till the end of the year, it is going to be Sharks hockey almost every other day. And, you know, three of the clips that I played for you coming in, one was a Mackenzie Blackwood save, one was a Philip Zadina goal, and one was a Luke Cunning goal. And I feel that for the rest of the year, uh, those guys are likely to remain on the Sharks unless there's some sort of an absolute monster deal that does come in that would specifically 
include Mackenzie Blackwood, I would imagine. But, you know, I am obviously focused on what the Sharks can do for the rest of the year. And Philip Zadina, I mean, the guy has high draft status for a reason. He has a high level of skill. I think it's just a matter of him finding the right way to unlock his game throughout the entirety of the 60 minutes or his time on the ice. And I think that for Zadina, you know, that's a point of emphasis that can happen for San Jose throughout now to the end of the year. Can he elevate his play? Can he elevate his status? These are the times where you can do more, where you're not focusing for the playoffs, where you're not focusing on much right now to just try and unlock guys' games. And that goes as much for a player like Zadina as it does for the coaching staff because you're trying to maximize guys and see what exactly they can do. Luke Cunning, obviously he's a veteran in the NHL, uh, but he's lacked consistency in his game all year long. I don't entirely blame him for that because he's in the first year back from a big-time career-threatening injury with that torn ACL. But Luke Cunning is a guy that I do view as being here for the future, but I think getting his consistency throughout the rest of the season is a big, big aspect of the Sharks continuing to find success. And then Mackenzie Blackwood, obviously just wanting him to have more and more high-quality performances. He's been great all year long. I know his numbers are not as good as Capo's, but I don't particularly look at numbers with the way these guys have played. I think both of them do not have numbers that are in line with the performances that they have had. Uh, but Blackwood in particular, I think he's been hung out to dry on a numerous amount of occasions. I think that he's always been a very much a fighter in front of the net. And the fact that he is a guy who had high status previously, but then was dealing with injuries, I think this year has been a very, very nice sight to see that he can continue to be a high-performing player, that he can be uh, injury-free, because it seems like the Pilates and the yoga that he worked on in the offseason or up to a certain point in his career where injuries were an issue have helped him and allowed him to be that much better. And these are the kind of things that I don't think you can really overstate. Like, it is the little things. It's a game of details, a game of inches, in the NHL is one that they like to say, well, what if your range of mobility has one more inch? And when you were reaching for that inch previously, it caused some soft tissue injury. Now Mackenzie Blackwood has that in his arsenal to put that extra mobility to work, to put that flexibility, to have more of the rebound effect and be able to handle it um, with his body's mobility. It's huge to me. So even though he's out tonight, he uh, has a well-earned rest, as it sounds like Kapo is going to be getting the start tonight for the San Jose Sharks. To talk about Columbus and everything that's been going on there, we are now joined by the radio play-by-play voice of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Bob McElligot. Bob, what's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I've uh, had a couple of days in Northern California. How can I complain? Yeah, right. Uh, the only problem is now it's starting to rain, so hopefully you guys uh, will be able to get out of town and uh, get away from the uh, storm because... Uh, later today and tomorrow, it's going to be dumping, but uh, that's why we're happy hockey is an indoor sports. Um, you know, looking at this one tonight, obviously so much of the news about Columbus has been involving the GM. Um, you know, what's your take, the 30,000-foot view on everything that's happened over the past few days? Well, it was uh, something I guess you could see just building up as the year went along. I mean, you know, last year, this team finished uh, almost dead last. This year, they had much higher expectations. You made some trades in the summer to get defensemen like Ivan Provorov and Damon Severson. You're hoping to get back into the playoff race, uh, at least be there and be pushing and have a chance late in the year. And it's been anything but as uh, they've been sitting at the bottom of the Eastern Conference throughout much of the season. So uh, from that standpoint, you could kind of see it coming, you know, as, as it goes along and and you keep losing games, you figure that something's got to happen, and it finally did just the other day. And it's unfortunate because Jarmo Kekalainen is a really good guy. He's a really good 
uh, evaluator of talent, uh, but it just hasn't worked here these last couple of years. So it's time to move on from that. But in the meantime, you've got all these games to play. And so everybody's just, I think, happy to get back to going to real work here tonight. I guess that one of the things that I'm so confused about is that when I look at the moves that Kekalainen made, like I liked a lot of them uh, and, and I'm, I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around why it hasn't yielded more wins because I, I know, you know, I'm not here to absolve him or anything, but when things went down, like the Johnny Gaudreau, for instance, like I was thinking to myself, man, that's aggressive. I like that. I think that's a great move, but like you said, it hasn't yielded wins. Well, the Johnny thing is kind of unique because Look, he is the premier free agent uh, the year that he decided to hit uh, unrestricted free agency. And, you know, everybody talked about him going to Philly or going to New Jersey and being close to his home. And the Blue Jackets, you know, they said, hey, we're interested and here's uh, what we'll give him. And then like late in the day, right before the deadline, uh, his representatives came back and said, uh, hey, if you're serious about this, we want to talk. So I think that was kind of a, a bit of a surprise, right? I mean, this is a team that had just lost its uh, its core of stars and was just starting to retool or rebuild or whatever word you want to use. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Johnny Gaudreau says, yeah, I want to play there. Um, were you ready to have Johnny Gaudreau there? Maybe you weren't. But the fact of the matter is, if he wants to come, you sign him. <laughs> You're not mm-hmm. going to let the best player on the market get away. So I don't know. That might have uh, skewed things a little bit, to be honest. Uh, you know, they were hoping it would speed up a rebuild, but maybe in some ways it's not, not slowed it down, not derailed it, but maybe it made the take on a different form. And that's just uh, causing a couple of more seasons to figure out. I guess we'll figure it out as it goes along here, but uh, you know, that one is, it's kind of funny because this is the kind of player you want, but do you have the players around them that you need? Um, Is it the right time? doesn't matter. You got to take them. How do you compare the situation in Columbus versus what's been going on here in San Jose with the rebuild that's been, um, you know, maybe they were a little bit hesitant to frame it a rebuild initially, but, you know, now general manager Mike Greer has has at least used that term to talk about what's been going on. I think everybody's afraid to use that term or they don't want to use the term because, I, you know, like with me, when you say that word, you're automatically looking at years, right? If you're being honest with yourself. Uh, you're you're looking at a number of years. So when you say that word, it's kind of like, oh, I don't want to wait that long. Uh, <laughs> so you can use different words all you want to. But yeah, the fact of the matter is we've seen how things are done in this league. You pretty much have to tear it down. You have to be bad before you can be good. And so, you know, the Sharks obviously going right in that direction. In the Blue Jackets, I think we're in a direction where they were trying not to tear it all the way down. And, um, you know, now you're in this situation where, there's going to be a new general manager. So you know, who's to say what's right or what's wrong and what's the best approach to take. But uh, it seems like they're taking a pretty good one there in, in San Jose, where sometimes you just got to embrace it and, uh, and do the work. I mean, we look at other sports, you know, the Astros are a classic example in baseball where they were bad for various years, both Tampa Bay and Colorado are examples of team that were very bad for a while and got better. You look at the NBA, you look at the 76ers and, you know, even the Golden State Warriors are in the Bay Area, although that was there were many events to why they were so bad for so long. But I think that while the rebuild terminology and all that it entails, you know, if you walk up to any fan of any team that says, hey, you got to be bad for three to five years, but then you have a chance to be contending for a decade, maybe longer. I mean, fans take that, though, right? 
They do, but ask them the next question. Are you going to buy a ticket in the next three to five years while it's going on? <laughs> and they may give you a different answer, right? I mean, that's just yeah. the facts. Um, yeah, I think they could be patient. I, I think that I, I really think that if you're if you're honest with them and uh you know that that you can sell it that way, uh for sure. Nobody likes it, but you know, like I said, I mean it, when you get your what do you call them, fan weather or fair weather fans or bandwagon fans or whatever it is. I mean, uh, you know, those are the people who say, okay, well, in five years when you're good, I'll come back and mm -hmm. and watch you play again. So again, I I don't know what the answer is, Ted. I mean, and that's why these guys get paid the big bucks to figure it out. Oh, I thought that's why we broadcasters got paid the big bucks because <laughs> we clearly have all the answers. Um, but yeah. I, mean, I think we're like, you know, we're like, we're like meteorologists. We can get it wrong all the time and we can still keep our jobs. You that's know? true. That's I tell people, uh, I got into broadcasting because I was so good at being wrong. It's clearly my favorite <laughs> thing to do as I go through my day to day. But I mean, the thing about, you know, teams, when you're going with this, when you're saying, you know, the Fairweather fans or the bandwagon fans, like to me, that always, I think it's a, I don't know, maybe it's a misunderstood term because if you're in a situation where you're winning, like the bandwagon fan is indicative of positivity. Like you want people to come in and want to be a part of what you're doing. Right. And I, I feel that that's one of those things where it's looked at as a negative. And I understand your point. I'm not, um, I'm not trying to be a devil's advocate in that aspect, but it's like, no, I mean, if you're good, that's when the fans are going to come on. And yeah, you might have to not have those ticket sales for a few years, but eventually if the team is good, they will come. I mean, that's just the argument of how long can you survive when it is just the, you know, the, the, the real fan base that is there through thick and thin. Well, yeah. And I'll tell you, we've been really lucky in Columbus too. Um, just right out of the all-star break there, we played Tampa Bay at home and had one of the biggest crowd ever. It was a standing room only crowd of over 18,000. Uh, so, you know, we've been very fortunate where people are still coming, even though the team has been struggling and, you know, the hardcore fans are, they're very upset. And, and I think that's something else that we forget to be honest when I talk about fair weather fans, but you know, some people are coming just for the experience and mm -hmm. for the entertainment and for the event itself, right? So, uh, and then, yeah, so if they're already doing that, then when you get good, oh, yeah, now they're in more. Now, instead of maybe coming three times, they're going to come six times, ten times, whatever it is. Maybe you can sell them on season tickets if they're really excited about it. So, um, yeah, that's – that's in, in Columbus, we've been very fortunate with that. Our, our fans have continued to come out and uh, continue to support the team in a big way. Yeah, Columbus is a great town. I've been out there for earthquakes broadcasts in Major League Soccer and then also um, for a couple other events. And, uh, I mean, there's, you know, Ohio State obviously has, uh, you know, they get the most clout, but that's that's a great town. I think it gets kind of slept on with some of the other big cities uh, in that state. But uh, And the fans, like, they're just, you know, it seems to be in their DNA to be able to come out and support teams. And But that goes into the standard, just like it is here in the in the Bay Area. Um, you know, what, what do you expect to, to see in, in tonight's game? Obviously both these teams, um, you know, they're not lighting the league on fire right now, but you know, I've seen many times this year when the sharks have gone against, uh, other teams that are in a similar situation, it's actually ended up being a pretty entertaining game. Yeah. And I would expect that. I mean, I watched the sharks play in Calgary the other night. That was a pretty entertaining game and they were very good in that game. So I, you know, I was watching that and I was saying, wow, this is, uh, if anybody thinks that you're going to get a couple of patsies going at it on Saturday, that's not going to happen because this Blue Jackets team still plays hard. I mean, the record is not good, but you know, they're, they've lost so many games in the third period. They've gone into the third period with leads that they've blown and they haven't been able to, to close things out. And that's been a really big part of the problem this year, but it's not that they get blown out of every game that they, 
they play in or they're not playing hard or they're not trying or anything like that. So, and that's, you know, when I was watching that game the other night, I saw the same thing out of the San Jose Sharks. So I think it's going to be two teams that are, you know, they're relatively young teams and uh, they're, you're getting to the time of the year where there's a couple of things going on. You've got a trade deadline coming up and you also have people that are going to be looking uh, to keep their job or to get a job or to better their job for next season, whether that be with the team that they're with or whether it be with a, another team in the league. So um, I expect to see two teams that play really hard in this game tonight. And I do expect an entertaining game. What's your indication that the Blue Jackets are playing the game they want to? I think it's pretty good as of late, um, you know, and I only hesitated because I see them play it the way they want to for portions of the game, not for the 60 minutes. I think mm -hmm. that's the the thing that, you know, go back to their last game in Ottawa. They had a bad first period, um, gave up, uh, what, three goals, uh, shorthanded goal, power play goal. The special teams has really, really struggled here as of late on both sides, and that's been a big problem. But um, so I see it for maybe two periods or, and not three or maybe for two and a half or maybe sometimes it's just one and then the rest of it gets away. So uh, their game is there. Um, you know, you started the season under a first time NHL coach uh, under bad circumstances where he replaced the guy that was supposed to coach four days before training camp. Uh, so I think now as we're into February, mid-February, going to late February, um, they, they're finally figuring out who they are as a team and what they have to do and how they have to do it consistently. But the consistency is still not a hundred percent right before the all-star breakout here. Media started asking sharks players about the trade deadline, March 8th. Clearly it's, you know, on the horizon. Has that chatter started to pop, pop up um, around Columbus? Oh yeah, it has. But I, when I look at this roster, I don't expect anything earth shattering or big or, you know, there's some guys that, I'm sure they would like to move. I think there's some guys they've been trying to move for months if they could just to kind of free up uh, some spots. So there's going to have to be um, some spots freed up from some younger players that are in the American Hockey League or in junior that are going to be a part of this thing pretty soon. So, um, yeah, I just I just don't expect – I don't know. It, like, if they went through and didn't make a single move, it wouldn't shock me. Mm -hmm. um, just because I, I don't know that there's – a lot. as I look at the roster – you know, and I look at it for what kind of players would help a playoff team. Well, yeah, Boone Jenner would help a playoff team, but Boone Jenner's your captain, and mm -hmm. he's a guy that has uh, more term left on his contract. And I don't know if that's a guy that you want to get rid of if you really want to get to where you say you want to be as a team, right? So, you know, once you get beyond that, looking at, you know, who's who's really going to help somebody in the playoffs, I'm not sure how many of those guys are on this roster right now. Well, Bob, I know you've got stuff to do, so I will let you go, but I appreciate your time. Unfortunately, I'm doing pre and post at the NBC studios tonight for TV, so I won't be in the building. Otherwise, I would sure uh, come by and uh, bother you for a bit. But have a great call, and I'll see you soon, all right? I'm so sorry you have to do some TV stuff, Ted. <laughs> so is the audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks. Great talking with you. Again, that is Bob McGelga, the radio play-by-play -play voice of the Columbus Blue Jackets, joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network as we get you ready for tonight's game 7.30 go time, 7 o'clock pregame show right here on the Sharks Audio Network with Dan Rusinowski, who will be joined by Brett Hedekin. And then I'll be back with you all tomorrow morning for Morning Tide as we look back at the game that was and ahead to Monday afternoon's game against Vegas. That'll be a 1 o'clock start time, 12.30 pre, right here on the Sharks Audio Network. But again, we are out of time for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off. 
This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.